Hi, and welcome to the Dewing Grain podcast. Dewing Grain are independent and local grade traders. From seed supply to harvest movement and storage contracts, they can offer you the best strategies to achieve the highest prices for your harvest. Each week on our podcast, we begin with the Dewing Grain Market Report, giving you up-to-date information and analysis, followed by Farm Chat, where we catch up on agricultural issues with a guest or two while sampling a beer. Andrew's favourite bit. So let's start with Andrew Dewing and this week's Market Report. Welcome to the Market Report. What follows are my thoughts or gut instincts on what the market is going to do. It is not an instruction to trade. Any decision to trade is yours. Market report for week commencing 15th of August 2022. It's all over. Literally is nothing left to cut as far as I can see. Maybe the odd field in our little corner, but it's done. Another baking hot day, another heat wave two or three days ahead of us. The implications for next season's harvest are beginning to become a worry for more than just oilseed rape. There is some rain forecast for next week. I don't know whether people fancy a, a thunderstorm or whether they don't, but I guess something's better than nothing. But I have a suspicion that there's going to be some damage done somewhere with what they're promising. So I hope we have a nice gentle thunderstorm if there is such a thing all over the place. Anyway, with that, let's get into the markets. I think I'm wrong. I've been calling this market to come down because of the pressure that's developed because of the size of the crop. And and the reality is in the last 10 days, there's been boats turning up on the East Coast, which are going on to the near continent. And I can only assume that's business done to places that are relying on continental grain coming through barges, through the rivers. They can't carry the amount of freight they want to. And we've sort of filled the gap by supplying UK feed wheat readily available from Ipswich, from Yarmouth, from the East Coast. And it's absorbed the kind of real emergency hospital job stuff that I was secretly hoping was going to be there so I could buy it cheap and put it in store so the market has not gone down it's gone up slightly and if anything at this moment in time with the heat wave and the sentiment of everything it feels quite bullish and bearing in mind we record this before the USDA report tonight so there could be a really dramatic price hike depending on how the USDA come out with their figures for corn they've got to write the European crop down by 10 million tonnes they've got to write the US crop down can they count to that with a reduction in consumption possibly they usually do something vaguely political and it ends up neutral but i suspect it's going to be slightly bullish you know waiting for that to happen is always exciting for five seconds before and 20 seconds after and then and then we know which direction it's going in i think that underlyingly if you bear in mind that it's going to take a full 12 months before wheat harvests occur again in the uk you know, there's a long, long time for the market to be firmer than this. All right, the direction recently has been down and sideways, but we've gone down £100 a tonne from where it was at the top. And it's kind of a place where it's a little bored with going down. And I think farmers with perfect condition crops in their barns can probably sit back. They've got sugar beet money coming in if you're in East Anglia bribing you to grow it which ironically everyone is going to grow it now because they're dropping their their rape acreage and then you've got bps money coming in there's cash about i think people aren't under the pressure financially largely speaking so they don't have to sell it and i think the prospects take a long-term view on it as i say 12 months to trade it yeah i think we're going to see some rallies later in the year there might be some blips down in the meantime there might be some reasons why we're not competitive and people can sell it and certainly who would want to own november wheat futures priced where they are relative to the rest of the market i think there's some slippage in the futures price but right now the sentiment definitely isn't bearish as far as i can see so looking at prices of things i'll whip through these 
Oilseed rape, harvest, there's no such thing as harvest anymore. So 525, but I think that the harvest, that's the end of that story. We'll be talking about May prices for next year from now on, I think. So, yeah, good. It's, it's come off the bottom. Underlying prospects for oils, we think, are bullish. Feed barley has come up from its worst moment, easily 220x. Will there be a greater usage of feed barley with the maize crop much smaller? Very possibly. How much forage is there out there? There's a lot of grass that isn't available for animals. There's lots of lots of reasons why consumption could be increased and not just decreased because of the, the recent price issues for pig producers and chicken producers and so on. Chicken meat is still the cheapest meat to produce, so I don't think chicken usage will go down particularly. So underlyingly... Feed barley, I think, is going to go up in value. It's certainly a big enough discount to wheat for the time being. To, it needs to improve on that. Malting barley has lost its uh, sparkle. There was a very, very purple patch where the premiums for malting barley were £100 a tonne plus overfeed. Never seen that before, or haven't seen it regularly before, I should say. Yeah, uh, there is a big crop. And the, the sounds coming out of uh, Scandinavia, Denmark especially, are big, low nitrogen crop scotland big low nitrogen crop etc so most samples are going into the malting bin there's no reason for it to get ruined by the weather because it hasn't rained so yeah we're going to have a replenishment of stocks and so the price has been dramatically falling in the last few weeks so the price for malting barley now i'll give you is for november x farm and it's 280 so it's lost the magical 300 and something and you know the, the comparison between harvest and november or well, work it out for yourself i mean that effectively would put harvest movement somewhere around about 260 255 if you were looking at that but largely that that one is over and done with and i don't see a particular recovery in that and i do see a number of samples on farm that still have to be traded so i appreciate there is plenty of buyers and there's some high price contracts that people will pay up to cover and i also with feed barley coming up and malting barley you know back to its normal premium i don't see much downside to it from sort of 270 280x i think i don't see it going any lower than that so the pressure's off it's still a fabulous price let's be real about that it is 280 is like never seen before not normally so which moves on to wheat which is i mentioned the market had come up november x farm 256 the harvest movement pressure is is over it's going to be interesting in september i don't think there'll be many people supplying september wheat because they don't need to we shall see i mean there's obviously a few sheds that shouldn't be holding corn which are and i think that they will if the weather holds nicely enough for them and doesn't get flooded out i do predict a few sheds being in distress if there's some big thunderstorms i'll add because it's a shed that it shouldn't be in but we all know where they are and we all know the accs man hasn't looked at it either but it's you know it's a reality so there'll be a bit of September wheat coming out, but largely I think we're looking at a deficit in September. October's probably light in the merchant's book, but they've got a very big November book and there will be people looking to get that stuff marketed. And certainly sales to consumers are going in at a level that are two to three pounds under the futures, which to me is just highlights where the, the futures actually at the moment are out of sync. Quite happy with that because that's our main market, but I, I don't see that lasting. I also see the consumers at the moment or recently have been buying and there's been some bigger consumers who've been influencing other people in the industry to take some cover so there have been buyers from the trade side of things which which has been part of this recent rally now whether the farmers participated in that or not I, i don't think they have so whether farmers are selling it when other people aren't buying it might put the market down a bit as well but underlyingly i can't see that happening 
And the milling wheat premiums, I think, are going to remain very firm. It's a, there's a shortage of high-protein wheat. We've got a few 11s and 12s, but the discounts for that are pretty hefty. And it's a much more expensive crop to grow. And I think premium for milling wheat being very low is possibly a thing of the past because it's a luxury that farmers have to consider if they're going to put extra expensive nitrogen on and it still fails to get the protein, i.e. the risk is still there. I think that may be something that farmers possibly don't do in the future. Anyway, the only other thing I wanted to just briefly talk about, and we'll have a much longer conversation another day about this, but something that's come to the fore is the new golden way to live your life and direct drill and save the roots and everybody's going to be happy and it's great. There's lots of logic in it, the, the structure of the soil is helped, etc, etc. But there is an issue. If you're going to produce a quality malting barley crop following wheat, I believe we've already seen on several occasions, and I've just seen another big bulk with an issue on this, wheat admixture in the barley is too great for the product to meet malting. And I think if you're going to aim at a very high premium, high quality product, and you are direct drilling, there's no way you're going to get the stuff to chip. Even in a good year, the wheat that's laying in the field will, you know, there'll be a delayed germination or something that comes in. And the admix is getting such, we've got a whole silo full of the stuff here that's not right. And we've got other farms that are going down that route. And it's become very clear to me that the plough is the answer for actual clean winter malting barley. Now your choices are aim at growing feed barley, but then if you're going to still have six, seven, eight, nine percent admixture, you're still going to be in trouble with the feed barley delivery. Yeah, I think ploughing was invented for a good reason. And in the case of growing a very specific high premium crop, I urge you to look very carefully at that. And if you're doing it for the first time this year, you might be surprised at the, vo- the volume of admixture of wheat in the sample. So a little warning from me just to say, have a very close look at that particular dynamic. Maybe switch to feed and take the risk out, but certainly don't be surprised if your sample is undermined by the volume of wheat that's in it. On our farm chat, we have an international rugby special. The guys are introduced. We have Jake Van Portfleet, who's the new England scrum half. Hopefully for the foreseeable future, he'll be in the squad and in the team. We mentioned Ben Youngs, who's obviously held the rank there for many, many years. And then we have a surprise guest coming on at the end, saying hello to a special little fan of England. So uh, enjoy. In the middle of that, there's a bit of a rambling chat with us when we're all completely half-baked by the end of a Friday afternoon and we've just had enough. But that's what it's like in a trading office in the middle of harvest when everybody cuts everything in five weeks instead of 12. Anyway, enjoy. Thank you for listening. Please remember that any decision to trade on this opinion is yours. The Aylsham Show is back. Bank Holiday Monday, the 29th of August. The central theme of this year's show is highlighting Norfolk's importance as a primary food producer. Visitors will find something that caters to all tastes. Animal exhibitions and competitions, main ring displays, classic cars and agricultural vehicles, plus an extensive food and cookery zone, all in the beautiful surrounding of Blickling Park. The Aylsham Show, Bank Holiday Monday the 29th of August. We look forward to seeing you there. Right, as a special scoop today, I just want the rugby world to know that the Doing Grain Scrum Half Training School is still in good fettle. And having supplied England with Scrum Halves for the last, I don't know, five or six years with Ben Youngs, we've got young Jack Van Portfleet also now coming into the squad and obviously scoring with his second touch of international rugby. And he's with me this morning. Hello, Jack. Hello, Andrew. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. You know, it's just, it is nice that Norfolk supplies the country with Scrum Halves, isn't it? (laughs) 
obviously Lenny was a big inspiration for me growing up and everything. So to be able to or try and carry on his legacy in, in the Norfolk and farming world is, yeah, I'll try and do it anyway. I'll well, try and do that much. The thing is, he's managed to avoid driving tractors, hasn't he? I, mean, <laughs> I guess there's, there's your dad going, oh, I've got to keep working for another 30 years now because he's going to be off doing these rugby things. Talking of which, we've got Tom Youngs, who's retired recently. Yeah. He's now happy as Larry turning up here every day with yeah. tractors full of wheat. So Yeah, well, I'm very much looking forward to when I come back, I'll yeah. be honest. I am, yeah. Dad's got me, well, busy shipping stuff about at the moment. I'm not doing a huge amount of tractor work, unfortunately, as yeah. much as I would like to. But he wouldn't want me taking the bloke's jobs on the farm. So, yeah, I'm just doing little bits and bob, moving stuff around. But, yeah, yeah so, I so am the, looking forward to coming back. The glamour of coming into Rails from Grain and delivering is greater than playing international rugby. <laughs> <laughs> Nearly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, just on a, you know, all of us saw, you know, your set, literally your second touch to score a try in Australia. It was just like, I mean, having had the disappointment of not being in the team in, in the other final yeah. as well, you must have been like, you know, bottom of the valley, top of the mountain in a day. Yeah, it was it was a weird, it was a very weird old experience, but unbelievable. Yeah, obviously to miss out on the final was which tactically was the right plan. Yeah, worth played really well. No, he they? did. Yeah, no, they both played very well. And yeah, Steve said he was going with experience, and you can't you can't argue with those two with their, the amount of experience they've got. So you can argue, but it doesn't do your career. <laughs> You just keep quiet and get picked for England the next day. No, initially, to get in the squad, I was over the moon with because I didn't really expect that and I didn't expect to play. And so to play, and then obviously we got pretty. Well, I was only on for a couple of minutes at the end, but we were we started playing a bit and we got pretty lucky with it opening up a little bit. And yeah, yeah you had a great a second game, didn't you? Yeah. And then you get you see the world's full of people building you up. You had a great <laughs> second game. You weren't picked to start the next game. Everyone starts squealing and going, "Oh, you know, he's an idiot. Eddie Jones doesn't know what he's doing." And lo and behold, you know, tactically again, he did the right thing you know you have to rely on the coach's judgment it worked didn't it we won we beat Australia in Australia it was never ever an easy thing to do obviously I loved the the second test in Brisbane that was unbelievable at the Suncorp and yeah to start that was I absolutely loved it and, and really enjoyed it and then to be on the bench it was a tactical call and he made and um and yeah I just loved being part of it I bet you do uh, yeah the whole thing I just I loved it and I loved uh, experiencing Australia and, and the whole thing and to work with coaches like Eddie and, and, and the rest was unbelievable as well. So <coughs> You're ticking all the media, media yeah. training boxes <laughs> here, Jack. Because one of the things I observed about the Lionesses win was that the best thing, in my opinion, other than the, the fact we beat the Germans at football, which is a shocker, in, in normal time, was the interviews afterwards. The, the girls on there were just... They obviously haven't had the same experience. Yeah, it's it so was refreshing. It was brilliant. The girl yeah. who yeah. ran off with the, with the mic singing Sweet Caroline yeah. <laughs> was, I think there should be more rugby players and footballers yeah, no, who actually stop coming out with the cliches of, oh, you know, it's really yeah. I love everybody and everybody's really clever. It's like, no, you're right. You great. are right. Yeah, it does show a fair bit of their personality and stuff, doesn't it? And I'm sorry if I've been a bit straight back. <laughs> You've got to no, be. Uh, no, uh, no, I'm just a, I'm loving life a bit at the moment. I had a great time in Ibiza. And then, that was yeah, a, come a back. post tour. Post tour blowout, yeah. Well, and Tom was there, wasn't he? Tom Youngs was there and Ben, yeah. is that right? Were they both there? What, in Ibiza? Yeah, well, they no, I didn't. Well, they no, might they went, been, they went somewhere them. like that, I think. Because yeah, Tom finished harvest in July, and off he went, yeah. as I understand it. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, well, I knew they wanted to get away. I thought they might have gone Portugal. I don't know if it was Ibiza, but yeah, probably Ibiza was probably too yeah. party. That was... Do they just still, still do phone parties? 
Well, they yeah, they do some sort of parties. Not so many foam, but yeah, they do a lot of parties. <laughs> I'll take you over it, Jack. Anyway, right, before we go into that, we're getting in trouble somewhere. So, no, I, I appreciate just nabbing you off the street and, and doing a quick podcast question. And so no, to any right. rugby fans, you know, if you'd like to say a special hello to Scott, welcome. Can you just do that? Hello, Scott. Yeah. How are you? You all right? Good man. That's why right. he's he's a bit of a fan, and he'll oh, never good man, Scott. He always has big opinions about England's terribleness <laughs> at various sports. But on this occasion, he'll be like, "Oh my goodness, I'm famous." Oh, anyway. Good man, Scott. No, Jack. Well, I look forward to seeing you bringing a tractor in. Yeah, yeah, I'll have to do that then and at some point. Tom did the. I'll tell you a story about Tom Youngs and his first tractor drive in here. He came in with his Bailey trailer. Yeah. Advert. Yeah, Don't advert. know how he got those Bailey trailers. <laughs> well, tell me about that. And he went to tip on the pit yeah. and there's two buttons or there's more than two buttons now and then he pressed a button that was the wrong button <laughs> so his tailboard opened up and he had a big C oh, <laughs> so he received the, what we call the spillage idiot award for nice. the day because there's always nice. a spillage yeah, so yeah, yeah. little story about Tom there Sorry yeah, about that, nice. Tom. Good man, to be Tom. Done. anyway so when you first come in you know you've got to be immaculate with your yeah, tipping okay. as you do yeah, with your passing so well, yeah, okay. anyway good on you thank <laughs> you cheers, cheers. cheers thank you Following the excitement of the England scrum half, I thought this afternoon we just slipped into the doing grain office late on a Friday afternoon after a long week just to see kind of how everybody's functioning. And I think you'll notice that everybody's pretty well half asleep. So uh, we're all checking what each other's doing for the weekend. So have a listen to this. And then we've got an extra little surprise after that. Right, Ben has decided to give us all a favourite beer of his uh, this afternoon. So we're going to do a little uh, test on whether it is decent or not. First guinea pig is uh, Andy. That is actually quite nice. It's quite okay. nice and light as it goes down, not too heavy. Pretty decent taste, actually. Okay, what's the name of it? A Peretti. Yeah, Peretti. Angelo Peretti. And Angelo Peretti. So is it a lager? I don't know what it is, but it tastes nice. <laughs> okay, I'm heading for opinions now. I haven't had mine yet, by the way. Ben, thank you for opening me one up. Uh, that's all right, AD, hang on. So I quite like this as a sort of summer beer. It's not an ale. No, I like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. So where'd you find these in, Ben? Well, I found them in Sainsbury's originally, but then... Beer Italiana. Now you can get them most places, and they are, I think they're very, very drinkable. Got a nice flavour at the end. Where's it brewed? They're owned by Carlsberg. Ah, brewed and bottled in the UK, so it's not Italian at all. A British beer with an Italian name, then. Anyway, Ben, that's a good beer, I don't mind. Webby, what do you think of it? Yeah, that's right, it's like the Madri which we talked about and Josh and I raved about in the last few episodes. But yeah, it's, I like it. It's very kind of him to buy a beer, isn't it, actually? Yeah, oh. very good. No, I said it's very kind of you to buy a beer. Ian's actually bought quite a few in. He did a round of his, um, his kiddies, was it birthday present, wasn't it? Father's Day beer box, yeah. Yeah, absolutely right. We've got a whole box full of uh, beers that Patrick Allen's brought in we got to. So once you drink the Peretti, should we hit them? Yeah, they're really nice. It's really kind of Friday Patrick. Afternoon. We're recording this on Friday the 5th of August... And kind of at the end of a punch-drunk week, and there's lorries in the yard, and, the, and there's 11 lorries going somewhere, and 24 lorries going somewhere else tomorrow, and they're not open. Yeah, anyway, so we had some right fun this week. But anyway, just a, a question. What, yeah, Webby, you got the mic. What are you going to do this weekend, then? No, I'm here tomorrow. Yeah. So that'll be fun. Looking forward to that. <laughs> i got to go to a wedding. Okay, yeah. That'd Three be, weddings in one year. Yeah, I keep great. missing out on, on Saturdays at work, I know. But. Yeah. Got a weekend to myself, actually, because I've got no children. Or wife, either. Okay, where have they gone? My wife's on a hand, and my children have been dispersed around the county to Fantastic. minders. Yeah. So, what are you going to do? It's actually not trusted here. You <laughs> <laughs> don't no, really know what they look like. I think it's a massive work commitment. I'm like doing my thing to like push them around, spend a bit of time in the office. 
just for the record, everybody else is in as well, or has been just, uh, yeah, so we, we have families also. But I've got to say, this Saturday should be the last... I was going to say last weekend, I think. Because it's going to be over. We've finished our winter barley. We're just about finishing our spring barley. All right, there'll be four or five days next week. That's going to be it. We're still going to be cranking wheat into store next... Well, either side of next weekend, but people have finished, so the pressure should, in theory, be off. Should be off. Well, that being the case, I think that I, I, this is taking the mickey a little bit of one or two other people having this conversation because obviously there are some others who just started on their winter barley intake, haven't they? So we've got a little bit of a not gloating, but it's you know if you crack on really hard and, and get your stores organised, you can actually yeah. get everything moved. Winter barley fills a long time ago now, actually. Yeah, well, I wasn't here, was I? <laughs> <laughs> it's a whole year for me. <laughs> anyway, so and Ben, what are you going to do the weekend? Well, I think I'll be in here in the morning. I'll do the morning shift, and then Webby can do the afternoon. Yeah? Because he normally doesn't get in here till about 11 o'clock. <laughs> and then he walks in, <clears throat> scratching his arse and demanding a coffee. Do you think your approach to the, um, the last person you spoke to on the phone was the right one when you said, oh, it's you, I was hoping to keep away from you because I've got a mental health problem when I speak to you? I, I was just getting close to just, you know, snapping, really. I really wanted to avoid that individual. So you told him that because of him, you have a mental health problem? <laughs> yeah, I wanted a mental health day, and I wanted that mental day to be day. away from him. And I told him. And then he just laughed and carried on talking to me. Is it a bit like the Clouseau in the Clouseau films, where Dreyfus, you know, the, yeah, yeah. starts his eyes shuttering? That's it, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, yeah, him, yeah, so he is your Clouseau. He, uh, yeah, this guy, oh my God, yeah. I don't know what to say, really. <laughs> what about Andy? What are you doing the weekend, Andy? What's your plan? Tomorrow I've got a day with the family. Mm-hmm. Take a little one, we'll take the little one out in the morning, even though she's been a right little git all week. And in the afternoon, I see my old man before yeah. he goes on his holidays. A git. Yeah. <laughs> three <laughs> weeks. <laughs> three weeks. I think <laughs> three, three we're going to get, weeks. I think we're going to get, I'm going to dare say this, a couple of days off in August, aren't we? Next time you say something like that, make sure I'm sat down so I don't fact. <laughs> yeah, but don't you think? I mean, it must be, it isn't just me thinking this is the end of it. it I mean, there's, no, right, there's... I think you're right, actually. We could... there's, it's all going to be over by the show. There'll be one place to take it till it's full, and then we'll just go, no. <laughs> Computer says no. We'll give you fixings next week. Yeah. All right, Josh, what are you up to over the weekend? What's your plan? Not much different to normal. My girlfriend's also away, so I'll probably go for a couple of beers tonight and then come in tomorrow. Just like the couple of beers you had midweek then? Huh? Yeah, well, <laughs> slightly different this one, I think. Yeah, and then probably Saturday, same, and then Sunday go on the boat and just have an enjoyable, you know, time, really. Well, bearing in mind that when this is aired, it will be the weekend after this, this weekend, so we'll know, we'll reflect upon it. But it's going to be dry, everything's going to be finished, and the following weekend, I'd like to predict that we don't have to come in. How about that, everybody? I think with that we'll sign off. Obviously, we're, we're very pleased with our interview with Jack Van Portfleet. And only if I can get hold of Tom Youngs and do a special hello to Scott Welcome that will I uh, add a bit to this podcast. Anyway, thanks for listening. i got with me Tom Youngs, England international, British lion, legend in his own lunchtime. And being a rugby special this week, I'm just tapping him up because he's going he's gonna to do a proper podcast with us one of these days, aren't you, Tom? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I look forward to it as well. Yeah, me too. And in the meantime, would you mind just saying hello to a special little England fan, Scotty Welcome. Hi, Scott. Hope you're well, mate, and uh, hopefully I'll meet you soon. Cool. Thanks very much, Tom. You're a good man. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to get new episodes as they are released and follow us on Twitter. We are at Dewing Grain. 
Call Dewing Grain on 01263 731 or email info at dewinggrain.co.uk. The Dewing Grain podcast is produced by East Coast Design Studio in Norwich.